1: Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 80 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Three. No good rebound, Carolina, and the fairy tale ride for the Tar
2: Heels continues. And Coach Case' legendary career has come to a close. Boy, that's—I
0: knew a lot of North Carolina fans when we lived in North Carolina. That had to... this had to be the greatest season ever. Even if North Carolina doesn't win the championship, that they beat Duke in the conference championship game as Duke was the number one seed, and then beat him in the final four. Woo! That's a big deal, if you're a North Carolina fan.
2: Oh, yeah. It, it's amazing, though. They only play like five guys the entire game. It's notable if they ever substitute, which is, I got to believe Kansas is going to run them ragged, but we'll see.
0: And their coach is a guy that used to be the coach of Kansas and went to North Carolina. And now they're playing mm-hmm. each other. There you go. There's your storylines if you care at all. And this guy named Mattress Mac from uh is uh we've talked about him before. He's a big mattress guy in Houston and got involved after Katrina and all kinds of different stuff. But anyway, he gives throws around a lot of money into a lot of different things. He's got three point three million dollars that he put on the Kansas Jayhawks because he's had a couple of big sporting bet losses. He's trying to recoup it all in one fell swoop. Oh, good idea. Three point three million on the Kansas Jayhawks to win it all. Woo! Can't imagine what it'd be like to watch a sporting event when you got that kind of money riding on it. Oh. Keep you interested.
2: Oh. Especially college ball where teams will like go cold shooting and won't score a point for five minutes. Yikes.
0: Catch you up on a couple of stories. One, Andrew McCarthy writes in the National Review Does Hunter Biden face indictment for sentence? Probably. Now, this is the same guy, Andrew McCarthy, who said that whole she doesn't care about child porn thing with the Supreme Court justice is nothing. I looked into it. So he's he's you know, he's willing to follow things where he wants. He's not a partisan on these. He says Joe Biden's son is likely to get indicted. But he said it might just be the tax stuff, which if it's just the tax stuff, it's going to be a completely different story. If it then if it gets into influence peddling, uh, dealing with foreign governments in ways you're not allowed to and all that different sort of stuff. But he's almost certainly going to get indicted on the fact that he's $450,000 behind on his federal taxes.
2: I think there's a decent chance he gets indicted for uh, failing to register as a foreign agent.
0: Um, Depends on how much politics play a role in this. I guess his dad is the president of the United States.
2: Bingo. Bingo. The big guy. percent.
0: from uh, another piece about this, Jonathan Turley, George, George Washington law professor, uh, he said in his first paragraph, the White House doubled down over the weekend on the statement that President Biden maintains his son did nothing that was unethical and never made any money in China. As Jonathan Turley says, those claims appeared demonstrably false. And it's going to make the position of the media and the attorney general untenable. Remember how Attorney General Barr was seen as Trump's puppet and how awful it was that we have an attorney general who's just the president's own lawyer and blah, 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 blah.
2: Sure. Well, is
0: Merrick Garland going to follow this story where the facts take him or not? And how's the media going to treat it?
2: We'll see. It's funny. Every uh, president, every attorney general, you hear the same thing. Eric Holder, he was absolutely doing Obama's bidding. And then, you know, the next guy gets his guy in, and you hear the same chorus from the other side. And fair enough, you know, it's part of the value of the First Amendment. You gripe enough, you make enough noise, you write editorials, uh, you know, you get people's attention. It keeps people, if not on the straight and narrow, at least from going completely out into the woods. So, Elon Musk has been
0: unhappy with Twitter for quite some time. Actually, several years, and he's been kicked off here and there. Then he's allowed back on and that sort of thing. He's got 80 million followers. It was last month that Elon Musk uh, tweeted a meme depicting the Twitter CEO, the current Twitter CEO, and Jack Dorsey as Joseph Stalin and head of Stalin's secret police Nikola Yezhov respectively. So he saw Twitter as being run by Stalin and his secret police. Wow. So that was a pretty strong statement that Elon does not think much of Twitter. Then he tweeted out over the weekend, free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Do you believe Twitter rigorously rigorously adheres to these principles? 70% said no. Only 30% said yes. Of course, that's a self-selected audience of people who like Elon Musk enough to follow him, but they're also right uh you, twitter does not care about free speech as a uh as an idea
2: at all well no the dude who took over from uh, jack dorsey has said as much he said no that's not why we're here we'll dis- we'll decide what speech is on twitter
0: and elon musk tweeted out given that twitter serves as the de facto public town square failing to adhere to free speech principles fundamentally undermines democracy what should be done well a lot of people on his 80 million account said why don't you buy twitter well he didn't buy twitter but he bought billion worth of shares today, and now with about 10% of the stock in Twitter, Elon Musk is their biggest shareholder. I'm sure he has his eye on changing something or taking it over completely. I have no idea what his plans are. He might not even know either. He's fairly um, uh, seat of the pants on a lot of these things.
2: Yeah, although I think he's, uh, judging by his Twitter feed, he's a student of Twitter's arbitrary uh, censorship. Absolutely.
0: He knows it as well as anybody.
2: Oh, do we have still? Uh, do we still have that tape uh, handy? That Babylon B parody that's so funny. It's posted at ArmstrongEgity e-
0: Elon Musk's also a guy that will tweet out, you know, I'm going to buy back all the shares of Tesla and take it private. <laughs> all of a sudden, he'll say something right. like that with the most valuable company in the world, and everybody goes crazy. And then he gets then he gets a fine from the SEC as he should because he can't right. say stuff like that. I mean, so I ready know. to close a deal with the
2: Saudis. He well, maybe not. He doesn't. I don't
0: know. He doesn't always think these things true. What yeah. is this we're about to hear, Joe?
2: Uh, it's from the Babylon Bee, who just got banned from Twitter, at least temporarily suspended for giving the Man of the Year Award to the, uh, the, the transgender admiral gal. Um, and they've responded with some brilliantly pointed satire, including this little uh, video. It's, it's longer and it's hilarious. Again, it's at the website, but here's a sample. Okay, Vladimir
0: Putin's official Twitter account.
2: Ban? Don't ban. Okay, so he's
0: a war criminal murdering thousands of Ukrainians. So I'd say ban. Don't ban. Yes. Good. Why? Um, because he's a world leader and Twitter doesn't ban world leaders. Exactly. You see, we support the powerful over the powerless. But didn't you ban Trump? Yeah, after it was a lame duck and so he didn't have any power anymore. Hashtag not my president. Isn't that hypocrisy? Yeah, it's a gray area. What does that even mean? It's a thing you say when someone says, isn't there hypocrisy? Also, you just hate Trump. Okay. I really like that part. It's a gray area. What does that mean? It's a thing you say when people say, isn't that hypocrisy?
2: <laughs> right. Right. And then they get into how the Ayatollah Ayatollahs saying death to all Jews, death to America is fine. Uh, stop the steal is not fine, or or the Babylon Bee is not fine. Uh, Vladimir Putin other uh, horrific dictators are absolutely fine on Twitter.
0: Well, and people that have been banned for the mildest of tweets like, do these vaccines even do anything? And you get banned.
2: Right. Or perhaps the virus leaked out of the lab in Wuhan. Or, God forbid, you're the third most read newspaper in America, the New York Post, and you say, hey... This laptop of Hunter Biden's that turns up has a lot of dirt on it. Well, banned from Twitter. And now, of course, the mainstream media is all over the story. It's just, well, it's Twitter.
0: So you're hell-bent on taking down some of America's most beloved celebrities, Joe?
2: Oh, that's one way to put it. Uh, Some critical thinking about Chris Wallace's move from Fox News to CNN Plus, whatever the hell that is. Whatever that is. And he used to be a liberal who at least had a reasonably open mind. But John Stewart has gone full hateful, woke lunatic.
0: Yeah, I just saw headlines about this. I saw I, I actually watched some. What's the problem with Jon Stewart? He was uh, he was interviewing uh, Iger from Disney about media and news and stuff. And it was great. It was freaking great about how media is way more interested in developing narratives and making money than getting to the truth and, I mean, really taking them to task Then he did this thing. And you'll, hear, you'll hear about that next.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: This is more John Batiste, who is an album of the year. I will listen to that today, as I have been a fan of his stuff on YouTube for years. He is a musical genius of all kinds of... A historian and all kinds of different stuff. I didn't realize his regular job is he's the band leader on Colbert. That'd be See, a I good, just read that myself. You know, you, as you know in the arts, you can be a musical genius and everything like that, but it ain't a steady-paying job, necessarily. <laughs> so being the band leader on Colbert would be an easy way to make a
2: good regular check. Oh yeah, it's a perfect situation for him. Yeah, and he, I'll have
0: to check that out. And he said something in his speech about this is for real musicians or something like that, which I don't know if that was a shot at anything or not, but I mean he is a for real for real musical genius and not a good looking pop star singing somebody else's love songs. So and dancing.
2: So speaking of beloved stars, John Stewart of The Daily Show—he's a liberal, clearly—but he always seemed fair-minded, at least willing to listen. Well, he's gone way off the deep end. Andrew Sullivan, who is a conservative gay Englishman, uh lives in America these days. Was invited to go on a show to discuss something with John Stewart, and the bookers were wildly dishonest about what the show was and what his role was supposed to be. They—they they absolutely misled him. The, That's bookers, the first part of this piece, the
0: bookers for John Stewart's show mm-hmm. were misled Andrew Sullivan about why he was going to be there?
2: Yeah, correct. Yeah, absolutely dishonest. And that's the first part of this piece. Um, uh, Just before taping, uh, 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 I found out there were two other guests, and it would indeed be a debate, even though he was told specifically it wasn't any sort of debate. Uh, I also realized for the first time there was a live studio audience and that the episode was called The Problem with White People. A title I'd never have been party to if I'd known it in advance. I wouldn't go on a show called The Problem with Jews or The Problem with Black People either, by the way. No,
0: and and you get in those situations, we've been in them, where you're up against a whole whole bunch of other people with a different point of view and an audience that's 100% on their side. There's no point in engaging in that.
2: No, no, it's it's awful. Uh, but I didn't want to leave. They gave him the option to leave. He said, but I reassured myself. Stuart was a pro, and I said I'd go ahead. I just assumed he wouldn't demonize or curse at a guest. He would moderate. He would entertain counterarguments. He would defend fair play. After all, this was the man who had lacerated crossfire. I remember that back in the day for bringing too much heat, not enough light. Mm. Just conflict. No truth seeking he derailed against yeah. uh, Tucker Carlson for instance he believed insane discourse he was a liberal right wrong on the race question, Sullivan writes, Stewart had decided to go way past even Robin D'Angelo and his passionate anti-whiteness. His opening monologue was intoned at times in a somber tone, as if he were delivering hard truths that only bigots could disagree with. He argued that no one in America had been prepared to have an honest discussion about race until the reckoning of 2020. He suggested that nothing had been done by whites to support African Americans from 1619 on. Ah, 1619 again. The most obvious solution, reparations, was he implied somehow absurdly taboo and we should be talking about it his montage of black voices insisted that african-americans are still granted only conditional citizenship uh and, and some just incendiary comments um stuart then hailed angela davis a proud communist with a particular fondness for east germany's suppression of dissent and warmly thanked her as thanked her as angela Uh, But Stewart included not a single black voice of disagreement or nuance. He apparently believes all black people hold the same view and all white people just refuse to hear it. John Stewart's insistence that Americans had never robustly debated race before 2020 is also well deranged. Americans have been loudly debating it for centuries. There was something called a civil war over it. His claim that white America has never done anything in defense of black Americans until BLM showed up, of course, required him to ignore the more than 300,000 white men who gave their lives to defeat the slave Confederacy. He ignored the entire civil rights movement and the rest of it, jumping ahead. He ignored $19 trillion of public funds spent to ameliorate black suffering in the long war on poverty. That's the equivalent of more than 140 Marshall Plans. Uh, the Food Stamp Act, uh, the Child Nutrition Act, Social Security Amendments Act, the Elementary and Secondary Education Act, Social Security Amendments of 62, Economic Opportunity Act of 64. The list is long. To prove his point, Stewart had to pretend that LBJ never existed. That's how utterly lost he was. Um, and then he went through some uh, statistics that blacks aren't doing as well in this, that and the other. And that uh, that proved that white people are solely responsible for those outcomes. And that's just a description. Um, and then Sullivan throws in those effing white men. Lincoln and LBJ never gave a s. At this point, it became clear that Stuart was not conducting a televised debate, but in, in initiating a struggle session. Um, and and much like if you dare speak up at work when they're indoctrinating you. Um, uh, let's see. I was in a struggle session with a live mob sitting in, cheering and jeering, which Stuart led and orchestrated. For good measure, Stuart called me a racist, told me I was not, quote, living in the same effing country as we are, and went on angrily to call me an MFer. And then he goes on and says, uh, well, th- th- the long and short of it is, it was just a brutal. One sided, completely non nuanced, communist style struggle session that Stewart just whipped up. Not only did he participate in it, he was the ringleader. Yeah, I
0: was surprised to hear that because, like I said, I watched an episode of John, the problem with John Stewart, a week or so ago, where he was doing the media, and it was really good. It was really good about corporate media and and what drives their their agendas and everything like that. I thought it was fantastic. I wonder if this has anything to do. You remember at the end of The Daily Show when it was actually Michael Che, because Michael Che was briefly a host on the show or one of the reporters, and he said some things about how poorly he was treated as a black guy by Jon Stewart and made some claims that Jon Stewart might be racist and stuff like that. And that was a a real point of contention, like right there at the end of The Daily Show. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wonder if Jon Stewart's just like reacting harshly to that criticism.
2: So if I have just a little more time to squeeze in, Sullivan talks about um, uh, taking the strength of the white supremacy in the early 20th century, later overcome by the civil rights movement. You'd expect to see terrible data for black family life in the dark days of white supremacist America under Jim Crow, with the resurgence of wealth and stability after the civil rights movement took hold. In reality, we see the opposite real progress for African Americans before the 1960s. Between 1940 and 1960, the percentage of black families with income below the poverty level was almost cut in half between 40 and 60, from 87% to 47%. He talks about incomes growing faster among black women than white women. Um it talks about the black family, black poverty rate fell from 87% to 47%. Uh Intact families, kids growing up with dads and moms plunged after the big government welfare state of the 60s.
0: I wish this was talked about more and studied more. I find that stuff fascinating. Uh more on the way stay with us
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: Uh, making love right now or, or why am i listening to this who is this, uh,
2: this i'm gonna avert is- my gaze if you are Eey.
0: bruno mars and anderson pock oh bruno mars too sexy should be banned from the radio
1: <laughs>
2: oh man this sound it's well the dancing romancing sound yeah. so smooth
0: <laughs> um i have breaking news brandon the breaking news donkey I have oh, have breaking news. This is a big deal. Oh, my whack God. Him on,
2: whack him on the haunch. Get him out here. That
0: music is from the Grammys last night. Did we mention that? I don't know if we mentioned that. Mm. Um, back to the breaking news. Bombshell FBI memo reveals that a UFO did crash in Roswell, New Mexico. Oh, for goodness, goodness.
2: sake! Where did this come from, Alex? I thought this was going to be real this news. This sounds like
0: crap. Where did this come don't from? Bring,
2: don't bring the it need takes two votes to bring out the donkey. I would agree. I can You have I, abused the donkey. I
0: have. I'm a donkey abuser. Um Bestiality. What?
2: Um uh I,
0: I I wish I hadn't used the donkey. Alex doesn't know or can't hear me, or it came from iHeart.com. It came from iHeart.com, okay.
2: Well, that's it. what's the source? Is it from the sun? Stop sending us stuff from the sun. It's the weekly world news with better graphics. In 1947,
0: something crashed outside of Roswell, New Mexico, and was brought to Roswell Army Airfield by Army officers. Since then, there has been much discussion about exactly what the object was. That's because soon after the incident, the Roswell Army Airfield issued a press release announcing that they'd recovered a flying disc. The Army was quick to retract that and say it was actually just a weather balloon. Uh, and then, you know, legend grew over the years. Now, thanks to the a Freedom of Information Act, the FOIA, I'm always amazed by how much information you can get by filing one of these. Shouldn't the government just offer this anyway without going to a court and getting one of these, and then they tell you, all right, I guess since you
2: filled out a piece of paper, we'll tell you. You would think we would default to the other,
0: yeah. right? Anyway, Disclosure. thanks to a Freedom of Information Act, a very interesting document has come to light. It is currently in the FBI's vault, which contains thousands of records released via the FOIA that have scanned and been uploaded now. You'll be able to read them. The Roswell document is a 1950 internal memo to J. Edgar Hoover, the director of the FBI from the head of Washington, D.C. field office. The subject of the memo is flying saucers, and it describes how an Air Force investigator reported that three flying saucers were recovered in New Mexico. Wow. The memo went on to describe how each craft had three. Bu- no. What? what? All right. I'm starting to think Joe's right, that this is complete horse dung.
2: Mm, And I don't want
0: to be party to that.
2: As so often happens. Mm -hmm.
0: I don't want to be party to
2: this. Read the next sentence, you donkey abuser.
0: Well, it outs me as a (laughs) portrayer of crap. Mm, mm. The subject of the memo is flying saucers. The memo went on to describe how each craft had three bodies of human shape, but only three feet tall, dressed in metallic cloth of a very fine texture. <laughs>
2: Perhaps it was the lollipop guild.
0: <laughs> it's crap. It's, it's, uh, crap. This it's crap. is crap. This is complete crap. And Alex, don't give me crap in the future, please. But this is almost to the point of being funny now. The idea that, like, this would be out and real and... You know, you hadn't heard about it. It hasn't crossed your Twitter feed yet. That a secret FBI memo in which they found a flying saucer with three bodies inside it wearing silver metallic jumpsuits. <laughs> uh, wow. Oh, uh, boy. The me- it says here the memo is pretty shocking. Oh, really? It's pretty shocking that we were visited by another planet, which would be the biggest news in the history of the world. You call that pretty shocking? Oh, I didn't see this on page two, honey. It's the most interesting thing that's ever happened in, in the history of mankind. It's here on page
2: two. Why don't we get to the propulsion system no one can explain and the ray guns, and then we'll be done touching on every... UFO cliche known to man. Oh, wow. Very good. I can't believe I there interrupted
0: the flow of the show for that. I had something real here. Boo. hiss. Uh, an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. Didn't think I'd talk about COVID today, but I'm about to. The FDA shut out its own experts in authorizing yet another vaccine booster. So you've probably heard by now, specifically if you're over the age of 50, you probably paid attention that they've authorized another booster. And, of course, every news report presents as as if we're all just waiting for the opportunity to run out and get these shots. They never mention how many people are getting them. So booster number three, half of people over 50 didn't get booster number three, or shot number three. Um, Half of people didn't get it. The percentage for this one is going to be significantly lower than that, so... It's kind of weird that you present the story like we're all waiting with bated breath for the opportunity when the majority of people won't get it at all. But anyway, that's not the point of this story. The FDA last week authorized Americans 15 over to get a fourth COVID vaccine dose. Some of the FDA's own experts disagree with that decision, but the agency simply ignored them. It will convene its advisory committee on Wednesday to discuss future vaccine needs. Which, as it says here, is like having lawyers present arguments to a judge who's already issued a verdict. Eric Rubin, editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine, sits on the advisory committee. He told CNN over the weekend that he hadn't seen enough data to determine whether anyone needs a fourth dose whose immune system isn't seriously deficient. Another committee member, Cody Meisner, agrees. Chief of pediatric Pediatric Infectious Diseases at Tufts Children's Hospital said last week that the fourth dose is an unanswered scientific question for people with normal immune systems. A third member of the committee, Paul Offit of the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, told The Atlantic that he advised his 20-something son. He told his own 20-something son to forego the third shot, the first booster, which the FDA recommends for everyone at 12 and over. So you got somebody Mm -hmm. who does this for a living told their 20-something. You don't need to get that. Yet, uh, my kids are not going to be able to participate in a number of things this summer because they aren't vaccinated, making it mandatory if you want to participate.
2: As new cases are down 9% over 14 days and cases are meaningless anyway, and new deaths are down 41% in two weeks.
0: Two top FDA officials quit the agency in September complaining of undue pressure to authorize boosters. Marion Gruber, former director of the Office of Vaccine Research and Review and her deputy, later wrote about the lack of data to support a broad booster authorization. That was back on the first booster, shot number three, that they resigned over. Anyway, the the end paragraph of this is, trust in public health is at an all-time low when agencies bypass their own experts. They don't even listen to their own experts, let alone outside experts, their own experts. It only reinforces the perception that health policy is driven by groupthink and politics. And I would throw in, I'm surprised the Wall Street Journal doesn't, I would throw in, and profit. You can't possibly claim that nobody at any level is considering the billions of dollars that are going to trade hands when you approve one of these. Coronavirus! Come on. I'm sure they never say it out loud and never put it in writing but the idea that there isn't anybody involved in this chain that has some financial interest is laughable on its face,
2: isn't it? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm not one of those guys who sees a shred of evidence and leaps to the conclusion that it's proof, but it's absolutely worth bearing in mind, yeah.
0: Well, that, that's just a possibility. I, I, I don't understand why it's never even presented as a possibility. It's laughable, like I said, to, to, the, to think it's not in the chain somewhere. Right, but to this specific article about how you got, what would it end up being? Four people there who are experts in this field to say no, unless you got a bad immune system, no, you don't need another
2: booster. Right, right. But they're just going to ignore
0: them and go ahead and go with the uh, yeah, get, they, they'll approve the fourth fourth shot.
2: Boy, that's quite a revelation. It's not nearly as exciting as the whole flying saucer revelation. You oh, the brought flying us, but saucer is minor, good.
0: Joe. Flying saucer is minor. The fact that there were three human like bodies inside. <laughs> Sure. That's the key. There's not only intelligent life on other planets, but
2: it looks just like humans, only three feet tall. <laughs> right. <laughs> Little mini-humans, flying flying saucers. Looking like and dressing
0: like the Martians from early movies, which is
2: really quite the shocking. cast of Lost in Space. What yeah. are the
0: chances of that? The actual inv- uh, visiting aliens look just like... An old
2: episode of some TV show. Yeah, War of the Worlds or whatever. Well, those uh, War of the Worlds they were kind of weird, uh, like uh, tentacle creatures, right? Well, those are radio shows. Like show one for, eye at yeah, the I end don't know. of a. Well, I'm talking about the, the various movie versions. The The original movie version is one of my favorite uh, movies ever. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's oh, good. I have to show that to the kids. It, it's cheesy, but it's uh, you can tell it came out of an era of world wars because the destruction, the death, is uh, notable.
0: And Orson Welles did that, right? Wrote that? He did. He did indeed. Uh, uh, a tangent. Miles Davis in his autobiography cites Orson Welles as one of his great inspirations for his jazz music. Hmm. In the way that Orson Welles would use language in a story he
2: put into his music, which I don't quite understand, but sounds well, cool. Yeah, I think you'd have to be Miles Davis to understand. I mean,
0: he's also a hairman addict, so maybe he's just talking out as a...
2: Yeah, I wonder. Oh, uh, Orson Welles, a big man with a big talent, Jack, which reminds me, maybe we'll talk about this tomorrow. Uh, finally, the New York Times is being honest about this, and it's, it's a head-scratcher why it took so long. How COVID and diabetes collide in a public health train wreck. Huge percentage of those who died from COVID... Had diabetes. They were uh, obese. But we couldn't talk about that because that would make skinny people, what, less cooperative? Or... Fat shaming, It's fat shaming yeah. or something. Ah! We're not adults. We are not a nation of adults. You're blaming the victim if you bring up the whole fat. Now, I really don't get that point of view at all.
0: Or you're helping protect them from a disease that is uh, specifically worse for them.
2: Right. Right, yeah. Strange society we live in these days.
0: Why would it be beneficial to wear a silvery jumpsuit while you fly on a spaceship from Neptune or wherever you're coming from?
2: Well, I think it's, uh, it's a very thin fabric, but it insulates well, so it retains the heat for those uh, chilly outer space nights, especially.
0: That's the worst thing you've ever brought me, Alex. Alex in the newsroom from a government like? site i have the memo it's from a government site it's from the fbi.gov yeah They're according to whom the fbi.gov that's the website i'm well, pulling i'm looking at the memo well the question would be why if the, if that's true why did the fbi keep a horse s memo
2: <laughs> all these years <laughs> maybe cuz it was horse ass they were embarrassed i've been told Some... it's on armstronggetty.com if you want to read the there whole thing go. You, you do the investigation for yourself, friends. We're not going to tell you what to think. We'll
0: finish strong next.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: So, Madonna released a TikTok video right before the Grammys last night. You know, she's all about getting attention, but it's freaking creepy weird. We have it at armstrongandgetty.com. If you want to check it out, Madonna has had so much stuff done to her face. Oh, Lord, I'm looking at it right now. Here, I'm going to roll it. Watch the whole thing. Oh, scary looking.
2: Oh, oh, it's freaking me out. I know. Oh, barbaric. <laughs> How much collagen in your lips is enough, you old bag? Doesn't it have
0: an actual physical effect on you? Oh, revulsion. It yes. did me. What is she doing? Yipes. And her face is so smooth. She obviously like just had her most recent round of Botox.
2: Well, and her lips are enormous. It looks like she's in anaphylactic shock from a bee sting or something like that, and she like goes to kiss you on camera. You don't look human, darling. I, I,
0: I'm so lost as to hold that whole thing that, that like bigger lips for social media thing that even young people do, um, Duck lips. Yep. how does that catch on as a trend? I know I'll get a needle stuck in my lips and pay. I asked somebody the other day cause I was a, somebody that does this, I don't even remember why I was in contact with them, but uh, it was like $600 every two months. If
2: you're going to keep your lips like that. What? Wow. Wow. You know, uh, call me nuts or old school or something. I like women the way God made them. I have, I have not felt for a single minute that uh, 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 gals In their natural state are somehow less than I should be expecting. Yeah, but I'm getting cheated. (laughs) But but I agree. But I get the urge
0: to look younger. We all want to look younger. But what is the giant lips? That's not younger. You never looked like that. No human ever looked like that. Maybe those three Martians on the spaceship that landed in Roswell
2: looked like that. But nobody's ever had lips like Madonna's got. Well, it's the same thing, though. Nobody's ever had teeth as white as every newscaster on TV. Not at the moment your teeth emerged from your gums at age nine. Were they anything close to that shade? Yeah, you're right. Every politician, every newscaster, and, you know, some of the folks listen. That's fine. You live your life the way you want. But it's a little odd. You got to admit. It's like people having their arms stretched till they're long as octopus tentacles. Because, you know, long arms are so attractive.
0: Yeah, arms so long that your hands drag on the floor is the cool thing on social media. So that's what people are getting sure. done now. Right. Yeah. It's the same th- sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be the story on Fox all day long and probably should be. Ketanji Brown Jackson, the Supreme Court nominee, still not voted on yet, wanted to empty the jails at the start of the pandemic. And they've got some quotes here um, that I have a feeling is going to be a point of discussion. I don't know why somebody didn't dig this up in time for the hearings uh, when they could bring it up. Supreme Court nominee Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson said in the early days of the pandemic, it would be, quote, reasonable to release each and every person in the District of Columbia jails.
2: Wow. 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 And some I
0: agree. people with some pretty bad crimes they were being accused of got released.
2: You know, I read she gave a very, very light sentence to a child rapist too, and let him out of jail. And while he was out of jail, he raped another child. Ooh, so that's rough. You know, it's, it's starting to look like something like a pattern. I say final. You say thoughts final. Thoughts final.
1: Thoughts. thoughts. I'm Getty. i getting.
2: Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, our technical director, pressing the buttons, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? Breaking news, guys Michael Jackson has been found
0: alive. It's true, he's working for the Oklahoma City Postal Service. Babylon
1: B has it right here. Wow, more donkey abuse. You know what that
2: is? That's mockery of me is what that was. Yes, yes, appropriately. Uh, Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, final thought? Let's try to do something less controversial. Yesterday I had my fantasy baseball draft, and I
0: caught up with a a dad of mine growing up. He was a father figure of mine, and it was nice just to have a couple beers and catch up, and I'm still kind of riding that high from yesterday. Cool.
2: Yeah, that's that's great. That's cool. Jack, a final thought for us?
0: Times change. I was feeling a little regret today when I was hearing about the Grammys that I didn't watch it last night. Should we be talking about this and blah, blah, blah. Total viewership last night, 7.8 million people. That's a nothing. That's a nothing. That's a nothing burger.
2: Yeah. Award yeah. shows feel- are dead. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, my final thought is uh, a couple of family members are preparing to travel today. We've been conferring a little bit via text as we are meeting in Augusta, Georgia, this week to uh, go to the Masters uh, Golf Tournament. Very excited about that. I'm going to be taking a couple days off at the end of the week. But uh, any hints you ever been, you think that the key is to sit here or go there, let us know via mailbag. Mailbag at com. Do you sit somewhere as opposed to follow people around? Uh, both. The beautiful thing about the Masters is you set up your little folding chair that you can get there, and uh, nobody will mess with it. It just stays there. They can sit in it if they want, but when you come and say, excuse me, that's my chair, do you mind? They'll say, oh, thanks for the use of it, and get up and give it to you.
0: Well, if you have a very selective crowd, you can pull that off. It's a pretty selective crowd, isn't it? Uh,
2: what do you mean by selective? I don't know. There was no application you, you, you procedure. Go, you uh, going No Tig- background check. You're going to follow Tiger around? Uh, yeah, if he plays, yeah, I will sure.
0: You gonna know, huh? you gonna heckle him?
2: Oh, constantly, yeah. Nice swing, Gimpy. Hey, drive carefully. Ah! <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. I will do no such thing. I'll be on my very best behavior. So many people to thank, so little time. Go to We have the hot links there for you. We have, uh, you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If you've missed a chunk of the show, grab it via podcast anytime you want.
0: Yep, and we will see you tomorrow with all the latest news, because that's what we do. Check out that Madonna video we got it at armstrongandgetty.com. Oh,
2: so weird.
0: What did that do to you? Didn't help me any. See you tomorrow. God bless America.
1: Listen up. Armstrong and Getty. And they're probably going to go out and smoke a, a little weed.
0: We can drunk. There's like a different vibe in here. So
1: everybody, chill. This is a moment when we must look at ourselves in the mirror and we must learn. Just forget it.
2: Okay. Okay, sorry. Over the weekend, Elon Musk bought a $3 billion stake in Tesla. I went to the grocery store and bought a $3 billion stake. I know. Huh? Yep.
1: Huh? On that high note, thank you
2: all very much. Armstrong and Getty.
0: I will call upon you to do a service for
1: me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage LLC NMLS 461249 Equal Housing Lender.